Hello, welcome to Women of Substance. I have a very special lady today that I'm interviewing. You're going to like her a lot, Nola Darlene Dillard. And she's a wife, a mother, grandmother, businesswoman, and an author and an evangelist. And so she tells her story of um, how God came into her life and really at a, at a, you could say that she was at the very bottom um, with uh, separation in her marriage. Um, the doctors had said she's not able to have children and God came in and changed all of that. There was restoration in her marriage and then she has four grown children now. Uh, So she tells about these things and how, and the details of how God uh, blessed her and gave her his healing hand and really ministered to her and has continued to. And now she's ministering to others. She works under Reverend Barbara Williams and has been faithful, especially in intercessory prayer. And she shares some things about prayer also that I think you'll find very interesting and that you can apply to your prayer life. Also, she's written a couple of books, so she talks about those. And I think you'll be just delighted to hear what she has to say today. God bless you. Well, hello and welcome to Women of Substance. Today I have a very special guest and her name is Nola Darlene Dillard, all the way from Shelby, Ohio, right? (laughs) And I'm so glad that you're with us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. This is an honor for me. It truly is. Oh, well, we've, you know, heard so much about you and your tremendous testimony. So I'm excited for the hearers today to be able to uh, just open up and let you really minister to them. You know, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Testimonies are so powerful, aren't they? Yes, ma'am, they are. They are. Yes. Let's just jump in here and um, I'll, I'll, you know, just listen to you. I I want you to be able to just talk freely, but um, just tell us about how you got born again and what, and what that did as a turnaround point in your life. Okay. Well, I was born again uh, back in 1986, and uh, all through high school and middle school, I was in Catholic school. Uh, my family was Baptist, primitive Baptist, uh-huh. so I uh, I knew about God, but I didn't know God, and so I was married fresh out of high school. I was uh, I was actually got married the year after I graduated from high school, and my marriage totally fell apart. Mm-hmm. And so during that time. I had a girlfriend that I was working with and she offered to uh, take me to church with her. Everything just kind of fell apart. Yeah, I was I lost my driver's license for 90 days and my parents were taking me back and forth to work, which that was just that was kind of rough. Yeah. To hear every day. My father got that lecture from him every day. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had a girlfriend that uh I worked with, she told me she was carpooling in the area near where I lived. And now, mind you, during this part, during the season, my marriage is falling apart. Yeah. Uh, the doctor told me that I would never have kids. And so, of course, my my husband is the oldest son. 
So then there was the pressure from my in-laws. When is my heir coming? When is, you know, and, and it was all the, well, it's not me, it's her, you know? So I had all the disappointment of my marriage, the shame of feeling like I would not get, have babies. And mm-hmm. then um, my husband and I were not living like Christians. We were just, we were just, we were just some heathens that went to parochial schools growing up because he went to Lutheran schools. Oh, and yeah. then, uh, I was driving. I had an accident and did not have car insurance. And that's when they had just instituted. If you don't have a driver's insurance, you would lose your license for 90 days. Oh. So that's how I got in the car with uh, my coworker. And she would always be listening to this great music. And, and I would say, who is this? And she said, oh, that's the Winans or this is such and such. And <laughs> I had never heard of these folks. <laughs> you know, I grew up on Al Green and, and you know, uh, you know, James Brown, you know, whatever my mom did. Sure. And, and uh, Elvis, my dad, what my parents were originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, okay. So we were camping all the time. So I grew up, you know, I I, uh, I grew up on country music. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so she was, so everything was brand new to me. The whole Christian life was, I was raw. And uh, so I was like, well, sure, I'll go to, go to uh, church with you. I'm Catholic. And and she's like, oh, you're Catholic. But what I failed to tell her, I just used to go to Catholic school. Yeah. And then I would go to Catholic mass so that I wouldn't feel so guilty because I had such a raggedy lifestyle. Yeah. And a lot of times when I went to, and I, when I say I was raw, I was raw. When I went to Catholic mass, I was on the kneelers and most of the time I was asleep because I was hungover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> what I, so yeah, I was, Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm that uh I'm the harvest that a lot of people are praying for you know that I'm praying for oh yeah that was me and so uh so when I started going to church with her it was amazing that was the first time I was in a spiritual atmosphere and I felt like the pastor was only talking to me it was a huge church and I was thinking well how does he know you know because when you go to mass you have the programs that are printed a year prior. Right. So they're not. So the Holy Spirit is not there. So it's not like he's reading the hearts of the folks sitting in the pews. It's yeah. programmed. Right. And so I had never been in an atmosphere where everything was alive. Yeah. And I remember I was just thinking, wow, he's always talking to me. <laughs> I, I felt guilty, but then I felt free at the same time. I just didn't know what all that was. Yeah. And at the same time, I was seeking, but didn't realize it because I used, I used to watch TV in. And uh, and I used to see uh, at that time it was Robert Tilton. Yes. And I used to see him praying in tongues and I would see him and I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it, mm-hmm. but I knew it was real. Yeah. Something on the inside of me. And that, you know, now I understand that's that incorruptible seed of the word of God. Sure. And that's why we can never um, discount our kids because yeah. they know more. And we think they know and they know they there's more inside of them than they know. Yes. It was something inside of me. I knew that was real. I didn't know what it was. Didn't understand. It couldn't explain it. But I knew that was real. Yes. And uh, and so I never forgot that. So when I got in that spiritual atmosphere, and heard people praying in tongues and and it was just a different kind of worship. It was everything was just alive. It wasn't that dead. And I'm not the t- to downgrade Catholicism, but I'm just comparing where I came from. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was just, and I remember when I answered the altar call and my girlfriend stopped me, she said, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm answering, I'm going up to the altar. And she said, but you're Catholic. 
And I don't even remember if I even answered. I just kept going. Mm. I kept going. And I walked up to the front and I gave my life to the Lord. And I remember they took me in the back room and I had these two ladies sitting. I still remember their names. And they uh, they sat down and talked with me. And I remember thinking, I have never heard anybody give me scripture like this. Mm-hmm. How do they know the word like this? <laughs> you know, it was just amazing to me. And they were just talking. And I was thinking, wow, they talk about Jesus like he's really real. Yeah. You know, and then uh, so that all that was just. And then I remember they told me to go get an NIV Bible. And so I did. I left there. I went to the I did whatever they told me to do. I did it. I went to the Christian bookstore and I bought me an NIV Bible and I started reading it and I could understand it. Yeah. Like, wow, this is amazing. And so. My and that by this time, my marriage had totally fallen apart Mm -hmm. and my husband and I were separated for nine months. And during that nine months, instead of hanging out with my girlfriends from Regina, uh, I moved back home with my parents mm-hmm. on the weekends. I went to church on on uh, Sundays, Saturdays. I read my Bible all day long Wow! because it was just like this was like totally new to me. And I remember my husband called me one day because we never divorced. So we were separated for almost a year. And, you know, back then there was no cell phones. And he would say, I always call your mom's house and you're never home. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> I was just like. I've been going to church. I said, on Wednesdays, I go to Bible study. And he busted out laughing. He said, you? Church? <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, I go to church and I read my Bible. And and and, um, and a lot of my family thought the same thing. They said, oh, my gosh, Darlene's, she's in a cult. <laughs> All together through your Bible. <laughs> I was normal when I was going to Catholic school and yeah. out with my buddies and smoking and getting high. I was normal. But yeah. <laughs> then I became the Jesus freak. All she talks about is Jesus. But I remember one day I was because I, I uh, when I used to pray, I had my rosary and I prayed the Our Father and then I prayed the Hail Mary because I'm thinking I'm just going to shoot the dice. Somebody got to be. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's what I that's and that was I was sincere. Yes. And uh and I remember thinking one day I was well, actually I was I was praying. I said, Lord, you know what? I need to know that you're real. Yeah. I said, I didn't get anything out of my because my family all went to the same church. Mm-hmm. And I said, I didn't get anything out of that. I didn't get anything out of Catholic school. So now I'm in this school and now I'm in this new church, Spirit Field. Yeah. And they talk about you like you're alive. I said, <laughs> you had to prove it to me. And this is the now I, when I say I was raw, I was raw. Yeah. Not disrespectful, but I was just like, you know, and I talked to him just like he was sitting next to me and I still do. That's and I said, if you're real, you got to prove it to me. I said, yeah. I don't want a divorce. Have I been a good wife? No. Um, I want to have kids. I want my own family. Yeah. I said, so I want my family. Re- I want my marriage reconciled. I want to have kids. So if you're real, going to prove it to me. Yeah. And that's what I meant. And I kept going to church and I kept doing the things that I need to do. And then um, uh, during this time, we had a couple weddings in our family. And uh, I remember my husband called and he was like, well, you know, such and such is getting married. Did you want to go together? So we went together because not everybody knew we were separated. So we were trying to save face. Right. And, uh, you know, there were so many times I would I would uh, 
I remember I started reading this book by Oral Roberts and it was See Faith and Believing for a Miracle. And I remember one time I was reading, I was reading the book and I said, Lord, just let me know you're real. And then when he and I all of a sudden Howard came home, my husband. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow. He came through the door. He didn't come to stay. I think he came to get something, but it was just like little things. God was letting yeah. me know. I, yeah. I hear you. I, I'm I'm yeah. very present. Yeah. And so then we started going to um, then I would say, okay, today is the day we're gonna get back together. I didn't hear from him. I would call my in-law's house and I would and I and she my I remember one day. My mother-in-law, she said, um, he's not here. He went to see uh, an attorney today. Oh. And I and I remember my heart just felt like it was shattered. Yeah. And honestly, I did not have a good relationship with my in-laws. Yeah. So us getting a divorce was not going to be the worst thing that ever happened to the Dillard family. Right. Yeah. To be honest with you. And uh, but I mean, God has. And I, you know, so he was more or less. We had a terrible marriage. But he was also encouraged to walk away. Yeah. So that uh, Christian, none of us, that Christianity family thing, that was not our atmosphere. Right. My mother was supportive. Right. And I thank God for that. My dad loved Big Howard. But they didn't want to. I always feel like they wanted to. I'm, I'm an only child. So I always felt like they wanted to protect me. So they didn't want to tell me to fight for my marriage. And then I'd be disappointed. Right. Wanted to protect me. Yeah. Whatever you and Howard decide, I will support you 100 percent. But I thank God they loved him. Yeah. And that was my strength when Mm -hmm. I think about it. Sure. They loved him. Yeah. And the words I didn't have that. He didn't have that kind of uh, encouragement on his side. Right. And so uh, so during this time, it just um, I said, even with that, I remember I called my cousin. And she was kind of going to church with me a little bit, trying to see if Darlene is really saved or she just, you know, got a hold of some bad drugs and she's just going through another phase. <laughs> I remember calling my cousin, who was not really what I would call a Christian. And I said, Bev, I said, this is it. I said, I've been going to church for five months now. I've been praying for my marriage to be restored. I said, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And I said, so I'm just going to file for divorce. And I remember she said, Darlene, you've been waiting this long. You might as well just keep on waiting. <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't sound real deep. <laughs> it's not anything spiritual. But I loved her like a sister. And we yes. grew up like sisters. Right. I knew she wouldn't tell me to do something that would hurt me. Yes. So I, I did. I held on. Oh. And during this time, I met Pastor Barb. And I, I'm sure I, I know you've met Pastor Barb. Yes. I remember uh, a lady that I worked with had given me some books and tapes on Lester Summerall. It's amazing how the Lord started flooding me with Christians on my job. Oh, and so yeah. I had met a lady that um, would give me tapes on by Lester Summerall. His stuff kind of scared me because it was a little <laughs> too, you know? And I remember Pastor Barb stood out to me because I would always see her standing up in the church with her hands lifted up and worshiping. I never saw folks do outward expressions of worship like that. Right. So yeah. That always amazed me. Yeah. And so I would watch her. Yeah. And so one day after church and I, they, everyone called her Minister Barbara. And I said, Minister Barbara, I said, can I ask you a question? And she was like, sure, honey. And I showed her these books. I said, I got, I must have like a nut. I had like a, I said, I got these. I, t- I took them to church with me because I said, I'm going to ask that lady that's always standing up worshiping God. I said, because something about her seems sincere. 
Yes. So I took all my books and tapes to church and I said, have you ever heard of this minister? And she kind of laughed. She said, yes, I have. And I said, are these good things for me to read? I said, because, you know, I'm a new Christian. And she said, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, um, I said, well, I just got baptized like a month ago. I said, you know, they I said, Pastor Ron baptized me in water. You know, we went to that one church and she said, no. She said, do you pray with tongues? And I said, no, but I always wanted to. <laughs> and so she got her and, and another lady. And so they prayed for me. And I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it was amazing. That's so it was good. Like another chapter opened. Yeah. And so then it was like, it was kind of like the when you watch the the movies, and it's like, oh, it's like the 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 sun came up, and it was just like <laughs> something on the inside of me opened back up again, and I had a new hope, and I had a new expectation. Praise God. And I remember. You know, I think it's so good that you're sharing the details of this because. Sometimes we forget um, how people feel when they first come to church yeah, and they haven't been churched. Yeah. 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 And 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 then even sometimes I think, oh, you know, and others probably, oh, we're going to scare them if we speak in tongues or, you know, that kind of thing goes through our mind. And um, I was kind of like you, I was attracted to the first time I ever heard, I wasn't raised in it, but we, I went to, a church when I was in my teens and they spoke yeah. in tongues. And yeah. I was very interested. I was very attracted to it. Yeah. So I think sometimes we can be, you know, we can hold back at times. And I'm so yeah. glad Pastor Barb said, you know, she reached out and said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? You know, yeah. and, and we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel, should we? Yeah. No, because man. there's lost and dying yes. and miserable people yes, that really need the Holy Spirit. They need yes. God. You know, yes. they need Jesus. So, so thank you for sharing that part. Yes. So, co- so continue. I just wanted to uh, encourage sure. people. Yeah. So I met her. So during this time, my marriage, Howard and I started dating, mm-hmm. and so we were starting to get back together. And then I was praying in tongues a little bit, and then one day I was praying in tongues. And I remember the devil just talked to me and he said, those aren't real. Mm. They're fake. You don't have real tongues. So then I stopped praying in tongues. Mm. And then I remember one Wednesday night I went and I was sitting behind her. And at that time she was sitting next to another lady. I didn't know who it was at that time, but that was her sister, Pastor Shirley. And so Pastor Barb turned around and she said, so how's it coming? Are you still praying in tongues? I'm thinking of all the things to ask. And I was thinking, no. And I, and she said, why? And I whispered to her, I said, cause the devil told me that they're not real. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, well, the Bible also says that the devil is a liar. <laughs> I said, oh yeah, he is. She said, I'm gonna have you pray with my sister after church. Oh, said, okay. So after church, they prayed with me again. And uh, I got it again. And I, and, and I remember Pastor Shirley said, you don't listen to the devil. If he's a liar, he's going to talk yeah. to you about everything that God has for you. Oh, and, yeah. and so I remember on the way home, I was thinking, I said, I used to get high. I used to drink. I used to hang out. I was the devil's prized possession. He didn't give me tongues then. How can he give me tongues now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. He is a liar. Yeah. He is a liar. Mm-hmm. And so little bit by little bit, my marriage started being rebuilt. Nice. And then we started dating again. 
And then we got back under the same roof again. Uh-huh. And I remember Christmas. It was our first Christmas. It was Christmas of uh, uh, 1988, I want to say. We went to North Carolina and spent Christmas with my in-laws. And we had a really good time, but I was I was not feeling good. And then I remember we got home like a month or two later and I was just sick. And I called my mom. I said, I don't know what's going on. I said, but I'm cramping so bad and I'm throwing up. And mm-hmm. and I and so anyway, she said, well, and so uh, my girlfriend called Howard at work and she said, I don't I don't know what's going on with Darlene, but you need to go home. She's really sick. And so he couldn't leave at that time. He was a kitchen manager. So my mother came and got me because at first I wasn't going to go to the I said, yeah. I don't know. I said, it's just probably a virus. So anyway, I started throwing up on the phone. My mother said, I'm coming to get you. So my mom came and got me, took me to emergency. And so then I'm in the room and the doctor walks in and he said, he said, well, we've been going over everything. We're trying to figure out what's going on with you, Mrs. Diller. He said, well, how long have you been pregnant? Uh. <laughs> I said, and my mother was like, oh. and, I, and, I, and, and so I said, pregnant. And he said, don't get excited. He said, you're losing it. Mm. That's what's going on. And I said, I didn't know I was. And he said, yeah, he said, you, you basically pretty much have lost it. Mm. And so, uh, so, you know, so, you know, the procedure, they give you the DNC to clean you all out. So I remember I stayed overnight. And so I remember Dr. Scarlett, as weak as I was that night, I remember getting out the bed kneeling on that cold hospital floor. Mm. And I said, Lord, if you did it once, you can do it again. Yeah. I didn't give up. Praise God. If you did it once, you could do it again. And I said, and I trust you to do it again. Yeah. And it was just me in that cold, dark room. Mm -hmm. And October of 89, I had little Howard. So it wasn't even, it was maybe two or three months later, I was able to have and so he was my first miracle child. Oh. We have four kids. I went from not being able to have kids to having to get my tubes tied. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody would always say, you know, what happened? Because we, I did the fertility shots. I did the uh, fertility, yeah, the hormone shots. Yes. Fertility pills and all that other kind of stuff. And nothing was helping. Mm. And what I didn't know at the time, like when I say I'm, I was named after my aunt, uh, my aunt Nola was barren. Oh. And so she was not able to conceive. So my mom named me after her, I guess, you know, just as a sister thing. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. And my mother was 38 when she had me. Oh. And my dad was 48 because all those years they were married. She, ne- she hadn't been able to conceive. Oh, wow. And see, that ran through my family. Yeah. So not knowing getting saved not only just gave me a new life, it broke that curse off my life. Praise God. And so the picture was so much bigger than than I knew at that time. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, so he started proving himself to me. My marriage was restored. I was able to have children. Uh, my husband got saved. And uh, so he started showing me the impossible was possible for me. Yes. And then I remember when my uh, uh, little Howard was born after that, my father started getting ill and uh, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh. And during that time I started going, when I went, I was on bed rest with little Howard because I started retaining water. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could poke your finger in my arm and the hole would stay there and my fingers were always numb. So the doctors were, you know, very cautious, of course, because I had lost the first baby. So they put me on bed rest at about seven months. And I remember Pastor Barb called me one day and she said, uh, hey, I do an intercessory prayer group, you know, once a week or it, I don't even think it was once a week. I think it was once a month. She said, if you ever want to come, you know, come. And I was and so I, I said, well, I'm on bed rest. You know, that, yeah. you know, I didn't know about the supernatural at that time. And so she said, well, you can rest at prayer. She said, well, and I was thinking, what if my job calls? They're paying me, you know. And I said, I'm going anyway. <laughs> I remember going and the atmosphere was so charged. It was maybe about eight or nine ladies. Yeah. They would have worship. We had our Don Moen, uh, Hosanna music on the cassette tape and then the women were praying in tongues and lifting hands. And, and I, I was just, it was just like, I, that atmosphere was addicting. Yes. I, I felt like I was at home. Yeah. Cause although you're in church, what a thousand, we had a large church at that time. There was like a thousand other people. Right. But that atmosphere was just so charging. And I was just like, wow, when's the next meeting? And so I, I couldn't wait to go. And I just thank God he had opened that door for me to go while I was on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And during that time, that's when I deepened my resolve with the Lord. Yeah. And he, it's like the, the picture started getting bigger and brighter. And he started revealing himself more and more to me. Praise and God. During that time, the Lord healed my relationship with my mother-in-law. Oh. My father-in-law. Oh, wonderful. And I still remember, I still remember him coming to me, apologizing to me. Oh. We didn't have a good relationship. Yeah. Because when uh, that, there was a point in my marriage, I wasn't allowed to go in their home. Mm. We went over my in-laws. I had to stay in the car. Oh, my. And so he healed all that. He healed my relationship with my sister-in-laws. And uh, I mean, God, he just did a complete and total work. Yes. A complete work. He did. Yeah. He just specializes in restoration, doesn't he? He does. He does. And I think that people can give up hope pretty easily because of the pain and the trauma and and all. But when you trust in the Lord, he can make it happen. Yeah. Like you were saying, the impossible things, things that you would think that they're gone forever, that, you know, that's just it. Yeah. But. Praise God. And you know what I what else I love about this is the is the family, you know, your family, yeah. uh, you and your husband restored. And yeah. then you have your children, which yes. they said you were barren, you know, yeah. you have your children. Yeah. And the 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 extended family, you're restored. And yeah. God loves families, you know. He yeah. just so and and you can see the destruction of de- the devil and what he wants yeah. to do and yeah. and yeah. I love the, uh, you know the part about him lying to you about speaking in tongues that's not yeah. really you know that's fake because I think he hates speaking in tongues yes, ma'am, he, he does. knows the power doesn't he yes yes, yes. So, he does he praise does God. And I tell you that power helped me uh, what I was saying about my dad so after I had little Howard my dad was diagnosed with leukemia and during this time I was had gotten more grafted into the word. And, you know, yeah. I was born in that spirit-filled atmosphere with Pastor Barb and Pastor Shirley. And I remember thinking when I got the diagnosis of my dad having cancer, 
that fear, all my life, I don't know why, but all this life, all my life, I lived in that sphere of fear because my parents was older. I mm -hmm. always thought, what if something happens to my parents? What's going to happen to me? Right. I always had that that built in rejection, which I think we all do. But it's sometimes it's just more in, in inflamed and, you know, whatever kind of lifestyle you have. Right. So I yeah. was uh, fearful of abandonment. Yes. And so that haunted me. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my dad got ill, it came back. All right. that insecurity, all that. Although I'm married, got a baby. It was, yeah. oh, God, I can't I can't lose my dad. You know, he's the he's all I got. Mm -hmm. And I remember I would started reading the Brother Hagen books and I started learning about the authority of the believer and how praying in tongues builds you up on your most holy faith. And I remember I, Dr. Scarlett, I would cry all the way to the hospital. Mm. And when I got there, I would pray in tongues and I'd pray in tongues under my breath all the way to his room. And when I'd walk in that room, I was Wonder Woman. Right. I didn't walk in there as a depressed daughter. Yeah. I walked in there as an encourager. Yeah. I could walk in there. My dad, my dad, I loved him. I still love him, but he wasn't churchy. He didn't go to church. He might have been mm -hmm. your Easter show up, might go to church with my mom. But every Sunday morning, my dad was in the living room with his coffee watching Kenneth Copeland on TV. Isn't that so I didn't know who Kenneth Copeland was, but I <laughs> watched this white guy on, on TV and I just thought because he was Southern and Texas and, you know, my dad was from Chattanooga. My dad liked Oral Roberts and he liked Kenneth Copeland. Isn't that and I didn't know who they were. <laughs> you know, But when I walked in that room, I could pray for him, curse that cancer, declare he would live and not die. Mm -hmm. Be an encourager, love on him, took the yeah. baby to see him, walked down that hallway before I got to the elevator, I was broke down again. Mm. And I saw the power of the Holy Spirit when you yield to him. Yes. And I still remember when my mother called me and said, the doctor said your dad went into remission. Wow. And that was my first miracle. <laughs> Because I said, Lord, you know what? Let him die when he's satisfied. Exactly. I don't want him to die of cancer. Right. Die when he's satisfied. Sure. And 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 he did. He went home to be with the Lord when he when his relationship was right. Because yeah. yes, we pray for miracles, and yes, we believe God's word, and yes, we know that Jesus is the only healer, and yes, we know he uses medicine and all these things. But ultimately, when people go home to be with the Lord, I, I believe it's that's that's a when you see the face of your king. Yeah, I think sometimes it's hard to depart when you see them, oh, go with them, you know. Sure. So when he he died, when he was satisfied and yeah. he died of cancer. And so I was so thankful for that. And during that time, I had a girlfriend. But, you know, when you get saved, you bring all your 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 roughies with you. They don't some of them say, some of them don't, but I had one roughie that I used to hang out with and she told me that her grandpa was um was sick. Oh no, no, he had diabetes. And one leg had been amputated and they wanted to take the other. And I remember I told Pastor Barb and I said, oh, because I was bringing her to prayer with me and I had little Howard and I said, you know, my friend Danielle, well she knew Danielle because she was coming. I said, her grandpa's sick and Pastor Barb, can you go over there? And and she said, 
Nola, I just really believe you can do that. And I said, do <laughs> She said, go with Danielle and you guys. She said, he's a family member. This is Jerusalem. You know, you guys can do this. He's not a complete stranger. He That's his granddaughter. He trusts her. And and I was a nervous wreck. And I said, okay, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. So I packed up little Howard and I grabbed Danielle. We went to her grandpa's house. And he was such a nice man. He was, he was, I kind of felt like he more or less was just, my granddaughter has come over here, one of her girlfriends. I'm going to let them pray <laughs> for me and just, just so feel better. You know, I, yeah. that's kind of like how I felt, you know. Yeah. And I remember starting to pray for him, Dr. Scarlett. And I remember just talking to him and I said, Jesus took 39 stripes on his back for you. I said, and when he was beaten, they flogged him. And I said, they took that, that what they flogged him when it had pieces of bone and glass wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. They didn't just whip him. When they whipped him, they were pulling out plugs of skin. Yeah. He was beaten and he was bloodied and he was battered. I gave the scripture, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement yeah. our pieces upon you. Yes. And by your stripes, we are healed. That's right. I was telling him all this, Dr. Scarlett. And you know what I was saying in my mind? Where is this coming from? Yeah. Where did I read this? <laughs> How do I know all this? <laughs> and I remember him sitting there and he was kind of looking at me the same way, like... <laughs> How does this young girl know about all this? And how does she know about how Jesus was beaten? And I remember we prayed for him. And I think a month later, the gang, the gangrene had cleared up. That leg was never amputated. Oh, praise God. And it was just, and I was, he was, because what I say? I said, if you're real, you got to prove yourself to me. Yes. And just that, that, that building block. Sure. Uh, that layer on top of layer. I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. What else are you going to believe me for? And it was just amazing. That and is amazing. When I got in the car, I was thinking, wow, when did I read that? <laughs> I mean, we hear that by the stripes of Jesus were healed. Sure. The details of it. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Praise it was God. Like when I would turn into Wonder Woman when I would go see my dad. Sure, yeah. Like that's when I started learning about the anointing. Right. He anoints you for service. Mm-hmm. Was I anointed to go get a church and have a congregation and, and put a title on myself? No, that's the believer's authority. That's right. The believer's anointing. We're supposed mm-hmm. to lay hands on the sick and still recover. We yeah. cast out devils. We speak in new tongues. That's the believer's ministry that I found out most believers don't walk in or know anything about it. Yeah. And so I was so thankful and you know, just to kind of speed things up, my dad passed away in, uh, let me see, 90. Mm-hmm. And then my mom passed away in 95. Oh. And I remember thinking, it's, it happened. I lost. But I remember when my dad passed away, I didn't have that hopelessness. There was this security. It was like something grabbed me. Praise God. And just, just locked me in. Yeah. And I remember at that time, Pastor Barf had given me a title by a prophet, Prophet Robert Slearden, and it's called I Saw Heaven. Yes. And I listened to that tape. And uh, just in a side note, I'm just so thankful for boldness because when people lose a loved one, sometimes you don't know what to say, what to do. Right. Something that's going to really encourage them. Yeah. 
And I remember she gave me that tape, I Saw Heaven. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to it, I was like, heaven is a real place. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven. But to hear someone's experience that has been there. Yes. And has come back to tell about it. That's right. It like that, that grief and that loss and that sorrow left. Sure. And I remember Pastor Barb encouraged me. She said, that void that you fill in your life, ask the Lord to fill it up. Yeah. Simple things, but profound things. Well, yeah, that's right. That's how we stay whole, you know, <laughs> yeah. during, during yeah. Um, very painful times and times yeah. of grief when yeah. we've sensed so much loss. Yeah. yeah. You, especially you, Nola, being a, an only child. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, that you're feeling tremendous loss with yeah. your gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he does, you know, and I love the scripture. He's a father to the fatherless. Gosh, yes, ma'am. You know? And, and I think that applies, um, if you, if, if you lost a father or even if, um, you know, you've been through a divorce and yeah. maybe your ex spouse is not the father that, yeah, he could or would or should, I don't know, be. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you can claim that for your children that the yeah. Lord will take them up. You know, he will yes. be a father to them. And um, yeah. he's a good father. He's too. an excellent father. Yes. Yeah. And uh, on that note, when you said he's a good father, I remember when my dad passed, there was that peace. I mean, that I got the Lord gave mm-hmm. me. And then when my mother passed, it was like, OK, they're all gone. Yeah, that thing that thing I had feared greatly had finally come mm-hmm. upon. Because I remember right. when I was being in Catholic school, and the nuns would say, "Write down something you're fearful of," and I'd always write, "I'm fearful of losing my parents because I won't have nobody to love me." I right. remember saying yeah. that in high school mm-hmm. to the nuns, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget the church that that first Sunday I went to church after my mom died, and I was just I had my babies at that time. I had uh, I just had Joshua my fourth baby, because my mother got to see three of my kids. My mother died a month before I had Joshua. Oh, yeah. I walked in church. I just had a new baby. She wasn't there to experience all that. And uh, we had a visiting minister there. And I didn't really want to go to church. But when I got to church, praise and worship was over. The sermon had already started. And I remember walking in that church and the church seemed so big. And I remember looking for somewhere to sit and just the the, the aisle looked so dark and cold. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking in church just feeling cold. And all of a sudden, the pastor said, when your mother and your father forsake you, mm. the Lord will take you up. Yeah. And I remembered sitting down and I felt like the Holy Spirit grabbed me up in my collar. And mm-hmm. say, get yourself together. Mm-hmm. I am alive. Oh. I am still here. And yeah. I'm your father, and I'm going to take care of you. Praise that Lord. supernatural slap. That's what I got yeah. that day. <laughs> I know everyone talks about the Holy Ghost as a gentleman. He is. But for me, he slapped me around. And I mean, <laughs> he sobered me up. Yeah. And it wasn't no, okay, God will prove it to me. He had already proven himself to me. Yes. So it was, I had to fall in line. Yeah. You're going to see them again. They're born again. Yes. Right. They're, they're, you didn't lose them. You know exactly where they are. That's I mean, right. that's, I mean, I know everybody deals with grief, but I'm saying this is how he had to deal with Nola. Well, sure. Yeah. He up. Yeah. He, he's been my daddy ever since. <laughs> I love that. 
And I always tell people, I said, you know, I grew up in a, uh, I was the only child. So of course I was the favorite. (laughs) We're in the body of Christ and there's, he has a gazillion children. You got to know he loves you like the favorite. Right. That's true. That that's a relationship that we should all have. Yeah. He has many kids, but I'm his favorite. And it's not a competition thing because I always like to tell folks, we are all a divine design. That's right. I like, I'm in yellow and and black. I like bold orange. He knows that. Yes. (laughs) So he, he gives me the, he's, he, he made me like this. And so, you know, we're all a divine design. Yes. I have to be, you know, I don't have to act like Shannon or I don't have to act like somebody else. This is who I am. This is who he Mm -hmm. created me to be. And then my voice will reach the ears of the people that I'm supposed to reach. That's right. The ones that I'm too loud for and too just crazy for. That's <laughs> a little bit more subtle and low key that speak their language. But to those who may be a little bit hard headed and don't hear things the fifth time, I am that sixth voice. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our part, don't we? <laughs> yes, ma'am. But it is interesting that God knows the number of hairs on our head. Yes. You know, he's designed us that our fingerprints are like no, none other. And yes, yes. and we are very unique to him yes, yes. And, and very significant to him. Yes. So I'm glad you shared that. Yes. It's important yes. for people, especially women, to have the self-esteem that they need because yes. they know God loves them. Yes. And he's for them. And not yes, against he is. Them. He is. And, and I'm thankful because... um. I would always tell my kids, I, well, I talk to my kids the way I'm talking to you. Of course, you know, they're older now, so I have a different relationship. And yeah. like I have, one, I have three sons and one daughter. And then my daughter, you know, when we all get into those situations where it looks overwhelming. Yes. I do her the same way the Holy Spirit did me. And is my parenting technique perfect? No, but it, it works for me and my family because yeah. they know that I love them. But I'm not the rubbing on the back. You know, <laughs> I'm the look. You're going to get it together. <laughs> you're going to get it together because I can sit here and I could have a pity party with you, or I could tell you the truth, and we're going to pray and we're going to break the devil's power, and we're going to get an answer. Yes. And so, and then my daughter um, on Mother's Day, she told me, she said, "Mom, she said you're the mother I needed." Oh. One day I was just because we, you know, I'm human. One day I and I, I'm straight up, you know. I told my daughter, I said, "Listen, I'm sorry that I'm not the mom that you can party with, you know, say anything. I'm the mom that's gonna give it to you straight. And yeah, if you're mad, you're just gonna be mad. Right. I want to please God, so you're gonna hear the truth when you talk to me, right? Whether you like it or not, it's not gonna be soft pedaled, and it may not always come out right." But I'm I'm coming at you from a pure heart. Yeah. And I told all my kids that. And so and they appreciate it. And sure. I'm thankful because and my kids will tell you, if if you want to know the truth, ask my mother. <laughs> <laughs> you may not like how it comes out, but she's gonna tell you the truth. <laughs> and that's how it was. That's that's the relationship I had with the father. Yes. The darling, you want to get it together. Yeah. You're gonna have to line up. That's right. You know, but sometimes, you know how when babies are cute, you give them stuff because they're cute. God don't work like that. He gives you stuff because <laughs> you line up. <laughs> he don't give you stuff because you're cute. 
know, so. <laughs> and and you told me about your nine-year-old granddaughter. Can you yeah. share that? I love that. Uh, Gabby. So Miss Gabby's nine. She's my first granddaughter. Uh, my uh, second granddaughter, her little sister, Emery. I call her Emmy. And she's three. So my Gabby, we Snapchat now. She does. She has a cell phone, but it's only for Snapchatting. So I always, we send each other good night. And one night she said, good night, Nana. And I pray that God watches over you and that his blood protects you and that he keeps you safe. And I looked at that and I cried. Mm. Because it's just like, she's heard me pray. Yeah. And that has, that's, she, that's become a part of her at nine years old. Isn't that something? And I'm just so thankful that that's priceless. Yes, it is. You know, that, that I feel like a millionaire. Sure. Because that's something money can't buy. That's right. And we had some, uh, you know, we had some bad wind, uh, bad weather a couple of weeks ago. Some areas had tornadoes and her mom were her and her little brother up and they were in the laundry room. And so she got them all safe and she was saying, okay, just go to sleep. And, and she told Gabby, she said, go to sleep. She said, oh, mommy, I'm praying. And she <laughs> said, I'm asking Jesus to protect us. And and she was binding the devil. And it was just, and she said, oh, Nana, I prayed. And they had no damage. I should have had her pray for me. We had, we didn't have life for two days. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, no damage. You know, their lights didn't go out. Hmm. But that's just that, I, that's to me, you want to leave a legacy. Yeah. I just, that scripture where it says the glory of the latter house generation will be greater than that of the former house generation. That's yeah. what I want to leave. Yeah. I want my kids, it, it, as much as I feel like I may have accomplished for the Lord, I want them to do way more. Sure. Because they know, they knew him much younger and in a greater dimension. Right. And in all my, in the, 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 the books that I've written, which are my testimony, my all my kids have their own story. Yes. And it's just a blessing. And That's it's, just, you know, we, you know, we just, we were a praying family and we still are a praying family. Everything mm -hmm. we have, I went to Amish country a couple years ago and I got this little plaque and it says, I still remember the day praying for everything that I have now. Oh. And I remember that. And mm -hmm. am I talking about cars and jewelry? No. I'm talking about a restored marriage. I'm talking about healed relationships. I'm talking about children. Right. I'm talking about having a mind that's not racing. Yeah. Those type of prayer things. Not the, sure. do, I, do I have a bigger ring and is my closet full? No. The things that I prayed for years ago is sure. being able to go to sleep at night. Yeah. Peacefully. Absolutely. I remember being in high school, Dr. Scarlett, and praying that I wouldn't wake up the next morning because I hated my life. Yeah. Mm. So I'm just, I have, you know, I'm grateful. <laughs> what a difference Jesus makes, right? Yeah. <laughs> because after you get, and I have, and I'm speaking for myself too. After I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I look forward to every day. Yeah. <laughs> and especially yeah. church yeah. days. Yes. Yes. When yes. I was, you know, a teenager and I thought, oh, tonight's church. Yay. Yeah, you know? yeah. It wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't like it was before. Before it was yeah. like my mother was dragging me to church, you know. Yeah. But oh, after I, you know, really asked the Lord to come into my life and then was filled with the Holy Spirit, I, it just changes your whole being, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Just yes. Marvelous. Praise marvelous. God. I yes. highly recommend it to all those who are yes. listening. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Talk about yes. your books a minute. Okay. So my first book is um, He Rescued Me. 
Okay. Nice. I like that. So actually, um, this was a testimony on God's goodness. And this is uh, the hardship that we had suffered as new Christians mm-hmm. and how God had come through for us. Oh, okay. And learning to live for Jesus for real. You know, yep. we're, I'm in a traveling ministry. We haven't traveled since COVID. But in the beginning months, our ministry traveled quite a bit. Like we would go to Benny Hinn. Uh, we used to go to Richard Roberts Healing Crusades and we'd volunteer. We'd be his ushers and his altar workers. Mm. And so God opened the door for us to do a lot of things like that. We used to go see more Cirillo. Uh, we would go to Rob Parsley's. We saw Old Roberts a couple of times before he went off to glory. And uh, we we would go to Minneapolis to see uh, Richard, um, I'm sorry, Roberts Learden. And I remember one time we went to see, this is a testimony on God's goodness, how God sustained me during we left to go on a trip. My husband went with me. I was nine months pregnant with Daniel, my middle son. And yeah. when we got back, uh, the manager said he had never proved Howard to leave or agreed to work for him and said that he had abandoned his job and he was fired. <gasps> oh no! But during this time, we had been praying for him to get a better job. <laughs> we didn't think it'd come like this because, you know, we had <laughs> and he was in restaurant management. And uh, so he worked a lot of hours, you know, like yeah. seven hours a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember, so long story short, I talk about Psalms 34 in this book, how I read that Psalm every day and God supplied our needs every day. Hallelujah. This new job supernaturally showed up. And when mm-hmm. it supernaturally showed up, it has snowballed into what he's actually doing today. Oh, and so that was, so that's the testimony of God's goodness. Yes. And then I had did another, I did another book and I, and this is called the faithfulness of God. Oh, okay. So this gives, uh, cause this one more or less talks about my husband's testimony and, and how the Lord came through as the provider and protector of our home and right. how God supernaturally provided. And this one goes into the faithfulness of God, meaning when you don't do everything right, yeah, you're faithless. He remains faithful. Oh, yeah. And I talked about how I had stepped into a snare. And because of his faithfulness, he got me out. <laughs> and I talk about all, and I give a testimony on my four children on how God has totally designed each of their lives unto what they're doing now and how he started shaping and molding and revealing himself to them while mm-hmm. they were in high school. Praise. And the, the biggest portion is I talk about the woman with the issue of blood. How she and how the Holy Spirit showed me she got to her her that point of her miracle. Mm. Because you know, the Bible said that she said within herself. Yeah. So the faithfulness, I talk about what is she here? What brought her to that point where she could say, if I could touch the hem of his garment? Yeah. You know, because she was hearing, she couldn't go out the house because she was called unclean. Right. And 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 if she went out, she had to scream unclean. She was already humiliated and right. then that's even more humiliation walking out of your house saying unclean. Yeah. So when I talk about this book and the lady with the issue of blood, I, I really felt like the Holy spirit showed me she had a friend. She had that one friend that would grocery shop for her, do things for her. Mm-hmm. But she also knew the town gossip. Mm-hmm. You know, when people come to her house, this is what the Holy spirit, this is how he showed me. Right. She would say, let me tell you about Jesus. And the miracles started sparking her attention. Yeah. He uh, he raised the lady's son from the dead. 
you know, he, uh, right. remember the demoniac that everybody's scared to go see over in the tomb? Yeah. To set him free. He cast the devils out of that man. Yeah. And was clothed in his right mind. Then right. he followed Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you go home. You'll be reconciled to your family. Mm-hmm. And the Lord showed me, he said, that was a prodigal son. Yeah. Your children, they're never too far off. Praise the Lord. They're running to a graveyard naked. They're mm-hmm. never too far off. That the, That's that the right. Can't touch them. Yes. He hears the testimony about the gentleman with the friends who were determined for his miracle. Climbed up on the house and took the roof off. Yeah. And let him down so he could receive his miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, what I felt like what really was the clincher is the leper that went up to Jesus and knelt at his feet and touched him and said, Lord, you know, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus touched him. Yeah. And I felt like something exploded on the inside of her. Well, if Jesus wasn't afraid to touch the leper and not and know that he wouldn't, you know, cut, you know, cap get what he has. Yeah. What kind of power resides in this man? Sure. Because so, the Bible says that she said within herself. Mm-hmm. See, that's so important. What do we say to ourselves at night? Yeah. I'm, I'm ugly. Mm-hmm. I don't measure up. Why was I born? If she would have continued in a wrong mindset, her story wouldn't be in this Bible. She would have blown out. She would have yeah. blown out. Right. But she heard. Yeah. And so the faithfulness of God. And Amen. so so that's that's what my my books are to encourage. There's a scripture I found years ago, and it's Psalms 18, it's verse 16. I not, I love the New Living Translation. Yeah, and it says he reached down from heaven and he rescued me. Mm. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were and were too strong for me. That's so good. Continuing to rescue me. Sure. Every time I felt like I was drowning, he reached out his arm and pulled me up. Amen. He's faithful. Yeah. He so won't faithful. let you drown. Won't let you drown. So that's, that's my story. He, he'll rescue you. That's great. For me, he can do it for anybody. <laughs> I love that, Nola. Thank you. It's just such a tremendous message to be. Uh, able to be rescued because um and you said it while ago we can't do it ourselves yes yes. yeah the the devil is too powerful yeah human but not for uh christians amen so i love that yeah just in the few minutes we got a few minutes left um talk about prayer for a minute because i think that it's something we really need to encourage Yes. Women, especially men need to also (laughs) talking to women today. Um, Encourage them with with your prayer life and and how you go to the Lord and pray. And okay, maybe share some things that you're praying right now. Yeah, I think what's powerful for me. When you pray, don't be ashamed. Amen. Sometimes go before the throne of God. And our prayer needs are humongous, mm-hmm. but then there's this shame on the inside of us, and and it'll keep us it'll 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 um it'll weaken our prayers. Oh yeah, you got to be able to know that you can go to God and say, "You Lord, you know what? I messed up today. Right? I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. And I, I apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah. You got to go to Him and not be ashamed of who you are. Yeah. 
not be ashamed of your mistakes. You got to go transparent. That's the key to it, in my opinion. That's I, don't so care what you're, I don't care if you're praying for someone to be healed. I don't care if you're praying for Cadillac. Right. You go with sincerity. Yeah. You got to go knowing that the person that you're praying to is the all-powerful God. <laughs> nothing is impossible. Yes. See, I remember as a new Christian feeling so guilty for my past life. I actually said, you know how the Bible says, confess your sins? Yeah. I was so ashamed of my sins, Dr. Scarlett. I used to write them out on a piece of paper. I remember writing them out on a piece of paper. Everything that I did wrong that I felt like would hinder my prayers, I wrote it mm. out. Then mm. I took it and ripped it up and threw it away. Yeah. Because shame, if you let shame, it can be so powerful. Yeah. Hinder your prayers and you won't be honest when you're praying. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to use material things because that's what folks can relate to. Right. You want a Cadillac, but you feel so condemned on the inside. Mm-hmm. Say, Lord, just if I could just get a a, a Toyota and I'm not, yeah. trying to, you know what I mean? Just a, sure. oh, a yeah. if just a two C car. Yeah. Just a $500 car. Lord. Yes. I need to go. I need to drive a hundred miles. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. No, it won't meet, meet my needs but I feel like I'm not worthy of anything else. Right. Shame and that condemnation. That's something you got to win. Before you pray, you need to hit that. Yeah. You got to hit that condemnation. You got to hit that shame. Right. All falling short. Yes. You can go to the throne of God, knowing that his blood has given us access and not. Yes. Yes. When we go to the throne room and then we stand outside the holies of holy, Supernaturally, there is a sign that says access has been granted. That's right. And it has not been granted because I was such a good girl and I prayed <laughs> tongues an hour and I, I, I was not mean to my husband. I didn't have a mean thought when he asked me to do something one more time. <laughs> so access is granted because of the blood of Jesus. That's right. Because he he found me. He loved me when I was unlovable. Right. Found me when I didn't want to be found. That's right. And so I think that's the secret to prayer. That's beautiful. Going to going unashamed. Yes. Confessing. Mm-hmm. Open that door up. He, I mean, mm-hmm. he already knows. Well, sure. And that intimacy, just that intimacy. I think mm-hmm. that's the that's 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 the power behind the prayer. Yes. Power, that intimacy, not being ashamed, not right. being condemned. The power of repentance. Is so much strength in, in repentance. And the devil can't accuse you. Yeah. Because it's under the blood. Right. That's right. Stand there and know your prayers are going to be answered. Right. Because everything I've done wrong is under the blood. And the devil cannot go to Jesus and say, you know what she did? And he'll say, no, I don't, <laughs> because my blood has an- annihilated it. It that's doesn't amazing. exist anymore. Amen. And so that's the, the so when I, if women, Men, children, when you go to the throne room, know who you're praying to. Yeah. You're praying to the almighty God. Amen. Have it. He can create it. That's right. It doesn't blow his mind. Sure. Our needs don't make him nervous. That's right. We can't bankrupt heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And when you stand before him, stand before him in his righteousness. Yeah. Go, go. I always say go naked and unashamed. That's right. That's well, the- and you know, the scripture that he invites us, one of them, 
Uh, it says, come boldly to the throne. Yes, yes. And it doesn't say or qualify unless yes. you've done something wrong today. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. I mean, we have, well, like you said, access is granted. Yes. And it's not because we're so wonderful. It's because yes. Jesus is so yes. wonderful. Yes. Because he's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And I, do, I pray a lot and I don't pray as much as I should. Yeah. You know, life and, you know, kids and grandkids, which is no excuse. But I think sometimes when when you are more desperate, you know, food on the table. But I think it's that that relation, that all day relationship. I don't go all day without talking to the Lord. Now that no. I don't do. Yeah. And uh, so I think um, prayer is something that should be ongoing. Yeah. Even Smith Wigglesworth, he kept that little New Testament in his in his upper pocket so he could pull it out and get a scripture. Yeah. You know, and I know uh, sometimes folks get desperate. They want to go on the long fast. Long fasts are great if the Holy Spirit tells you to do it. But I like what Brother uh, Hagen said. He said, live a fasted life. Right. Yeah. Deny yourself sometime and, and give that time mm-hmm. over to the Lord. Yeah. All these things are like fire starters for our prayer life. That's true. You know, don't don't be afraid. Yeah. I think sometimes we we are we're afraid to we don't we're not honest. Mm-hmm. We don't really always ask God for what we really want. Yeah. We if we don't catch ourselves, we we ask God for what we think we deserve. Yeah. He said, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yes. If he wants to give you the kingdom, why are you asking for 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 less? Right. That's good. Uh, today, I like to Monday through Friday. I like to do a, a, a encouragement. It started out during COVID. I have a lot of family members who work in hospitals and I remember mm-hmm. them. When COVID first started, they said, Darlene, I'm scared to go to work. Because, you know, back then we didn't know how COVID came. Oh, right. We didn't know how you would get it. Right. So I started giving my family members and my kids just like a daily scripture. Nothing, nothing, uh, just just a little encouragement. So today's scripture was uh, he daily loads us with benefits. Oh, what are you missing? What's been stolen? Yeah. What's lost? I said, file a claim. Yes. You got benefits. That's right. Yeah. Good thing about this, God will give us back what we lost and more. Yes, He does. There's no penalty. You know how when you file a claim, they don't want you filing too many because then your premium gonna either go up or they're going (laughs) to cancel you. Right. You can file claims all day long, meaning pulling on our benefit packet and not realized because the penalty was paid at Calvary. Yeah. And so, so my prayer for right now. Right. I just want all my kids. There's a I remember one day I was newly saved. And this is when I was home with little Howard. And I used to pray in tongues a lot. And I know that scripture when Paul said, I want to know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's my prayer for my family. Amen. I want them to know Jesus Christ like that. Yeah. Yes. I want them to have godly spouses and healthy children in a beautiful home. But my number one prayer, I want them to know Jesus Christ who yeah. he really is and the power that's behind that name. That's right. And the, and the, the um, devastation that's been annihilated because of his blood on Calvary. That's, yeah. that's my greatest prayer right now yeah. is to know their king. That's right. Well, Nola, will you pray for the people who are listening? Oh yes. Um, you know, maybe there's some that have been declared barren like you were. Yeah. Yes. Or going through a separation with their spouse. Yes. But just be led by the spirit and 
Yes. Pray for, for oh, us. I sure will. Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, we honor you and we lift you up and we bless yes. your holy name, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, I pray for everyone that's under the sound of my voice. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over every listener. Yes. Lord, I ask you to read their hearts. I thank you that you are a healer of the broken hearts. Lord, I ask you to heal every broken heart that's under yes. the sound of my voice. I ask you to heal, restore, and repair. Lord, we pray for every married couple, couple who looks like they're on the on the road to divorce. Yes. Devil, I bind you and I break your power. Yes. I break every chain of hell and separation, divorce, anxiety, yes. and destruction. I cancel that assignment over their marriages right yes. now name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are the reconciler. I thank you, Lord, that you instituted marriage. You said what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So Lord, I thank you for reconciliation. I lose yes. love, grace, peace, and mercy and forgiveness in every marriage. Lord, I pray for every woman, every couple that's believing you for a child. Lord, we speak life to their wounds yes. that they'll be like the women in the Bible, they will have lively wombs. Those children will come forth at the appointed time, healthy, healed, nothing missing, nothing broken, no child effects. I just thank you, Lord, for doing a miracle, Father. Bless yes. them, Father. Let their quivers be full. Give them their heart's desire. And Lord, we pray for every woman that's seeking you. Lord, who's seeking to know what her life, why she's here. I ask you to reveal yourself to her, Lord. Yeah. Lord, give her a reason for living. Restore her mind. Lord, let her know what is the hope of her calling and that she's been called to the kingdom for such a time as this That's and right. that her life is no accident. We just thank you, Father. Reveal yeah. yourself powerfully and strongly to everyone that's under the sound of my voice. Do a miracle for them. Unveil yourself to them, Father, in all your greatness. And we thank you and we ask you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord. Amen. Thank you. Praise thank you. God. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful prayer. I sent so such anointing on there. I, I believe we're going to hear some uh, testimonies of what what's happened. Amen. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. I do too. Yes, God is so he's so he's so willing to help us and wanting to. That's right. That's right. He is. Thank yeah. you, Nola, for your sharing powerfully uh so powerfully through the word and by the spirit of god today and uh i know you've spoken into a lot of our lives i know you've spoken into my life so thank you for being with me oh, you're welcome and I, i'm so grateful i appreciate this i really do well good you know, and I'm, I... a woman who, I'm a woman who didn't want to live and now that i'm here if the lord can use me to it, Put a, I always say, I just want to put a smile on your face. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Do that. Yes. And um, there'll be some information that comes up on the screen about your books and how people can get them because okay. we want to encourage them to do that. Yes. too. Thank so you. anyway, God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye -bye. <laughs> well, I believe that will encourage all of you and empower you just like, um, I desire this podcast to to do and to be um, women of substance that really can speak into our lives because God has uh, taught them well by his spirit. Um, you know, Nola has been in the local church and taught and, and uh, then now she's become a teacher and become, um, you know, uh, someone who uh, can speak and evangelize and, and, uh, and yet, you know, just, 
so involved in the local church too. And I just appreciate that about um, Christians who stay in church and stay uh, under a pastor and and get fed the word and encouraged. And so um, I think that's a key. If you're not in church today, I just sense maybe that you need to, uh, that I need to say this to you to get back in your local church or find a church and become a part of that because it will minister life to you. And also you then can minister life to your church body through your serving and giving. Amen. Until next time, um, I just believe God's with you and let us know of testimonies uh, that happen as, as we prayed today. And I want to hear so email or um, uh, find a way to get the message to us. We want to know. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter. And we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles. And then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, But we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.